We play and call it work. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of The Sit and Talk. I'm Steve from MiniWarGaming.com, and I'm sure you all know that if you're watching this video. I'm going to sit here for about an hour or so and answer all the questions you left on the last Sit and Talk video. Um, next week will be Matthew. If you want to ask him any questions, you can address them to... Oh, I had that nickname. Address them to a Mr. Games Master or Master of Games or Monsignor GM. Those are the only things he's going to respond to. Anyway, let's get right to it. Also, I want to point out I'm doing this first thing in the morning, so there's a lot of hustle and bustle in the hallway as people are setting up for games. I don't know if you hear it, but if you hear any talking or laughing or rumbling, that's just them in the hallway preparing. Let's get right to it. Don Bellato. Hello, Steve. I've been out of the hobby for quite some time now. I was wondering where the Elder are right now. I noticed that there are hardly any, in, in brackets, one, nine edition of Bat Rockets with them in it. Are they good, bad, or did you just get bored with them? How is ninth affecting them? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. <clears throat> Man. Wow, what a starting question. Okay, so um, I could actually talk for a full hour on just this question. There's a lot of backstory here. Um, yeah, there is currently... No, wait, there's two. There's currently two ninth edition Eldar bat reps. One was against Josh and the Admech, and the other was a 1,000-point incursion game against... Excuse me, Luca the Necrons. Um, there's lots to unpack with the whole backstory of the Eldar for me. Are they good, bad, or did you just get bored with them? I think they're pretty good. Um, I don't, I, I'm hesitant to say they are the best. I know they can be very powerful. It's one of those armies that isn't the easiest to play down with, but you could. By play down with, I mean make a list that you can play as a very fresh new player and still like let them make a bunch of mistakes while they're learning the game and probably, they're probably still going to win even if you try to lose. Uh, but you could play down, but they just play up very well. I'm, I'm hesitant to say whether or not they're better or worse than Space Marines. My gut right now says the Space Marine Codex is better, but better is relative. Um, yeah. I would, I would think they're, 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 they're still quite strong, but they are a little dated now. But look at a new book out soon. And my lock just came on. Okay, so um, did I just get bored with them? How is 9th affecting them? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think for 9th edition, and of all the, all the existing, so at the start of 9th edition, of all the existing codices, Eldar benefited the most from the changes in 9th edition rules. For example, um, a lot of our vehicles and our, sorry, our, the, a lot of their vehicles, I, I, okay, weirdly enough, I still consider myself an Eldar player, but that's, I'll unpack that in a minute. So a lot of the Eldar vehicles' weapons are heavy, which no longer suffer the penalty for the moving and shooting on, on the vehicles, and the Wraith Lords, which is fantastic. You know what, the lip on the table I'm leaning on is a little squeaky. I hope you're not hearing that. I'll try not to move around too much. Uh, so they benefited from that. Um, the table being smaller just made their movement supremacy even stronger, even better. Uh, they're able to move around and get on objectives. They have a couple of tricks that are just really good, like uh, Silver Helms. 
uh, that can just turn one charge you uh, and, you know, do quite well. Um, they can play many different styles. They can play hiding at a lot of sight and still shooting you. They can play a very aggressive get in your face. They can play very dodgy and uh, gun liney. They can they can play very psychic heavy. They can play very melee oriented, or they can do which probably the best of them is a healthy mix. So yeah, they're 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 I think they're in a very good place in ninth edition, but also once again good is relative. Um, when an army is really strong, you can argue that it's in a bad place because it you know, offsets the meta or upsets your local meta or the people you play with. Uh, I don't suspect that's where they currently are. I don't think they are an army to complain about, though there's reasons to complain about absolutely everything in every army, one way or another. But yeah, I think they're, they're very strong. Benefited a lot from 9th edition. Um, yeah. Uh, that covers that. As to why I don't really play them, that's a long backstory. But in short, sorry, it's early. I found my coffee and I'm dry. Um, why don't I play them? Okay, so when I first got my job, so I rarely, no, I rephrase that. I never played any Warhammer games before, Warhammer 40,000 games, before I came to work for Mini Wargaming. Nope, actually that's not true. I played exactly two games as a guest on Mini Wargaming before I came here to work, to work for them. Um, that was 6th edition, but that was the tail end of 6th. We it quickly jumped over to 7th. <coughs> and um, I was a Warhammer Fantasy player. I know I had, I had models, and I tried to keep up on the, the meta like back way back when. Spent a lot of time on Warseer and Portent.net. Uh, I used to like, I was part of the hobby. I loved hobbying. I loved reading about the Space Marines and Eldar and Necro. I loved all that kind of stuff. But I didn't actually play. This is important because when I came to work here, um, I had I had purchased a Necron army, like uh, like all in sprue and boxes, whatever, uh, secondhand for a really good price. That's why Necrons was my first 40k army. I painted them up real fast and you know came to do some games for me wargaming. And then I was offered the job, uh, I took it, and then um, one of the first things we discussed, because we just finished the, by we, Matthew and I, <coughs> excuse me, just finished the Fate of Fume campaign. And then while we're, like, I think it was, <coughs> excuse me, while we were on, like, the, um, I think it was a 12-episode campaign, while we're on episode 10-ish, maybe 9 or 10, Dave started talking about uh, when they, Matt and I were done with Fate of Fayum, he wanted to, to do a campaign, which ended up being the Primogenitor's Promise, where he played a Chaos, a pair of twin brothers. They were going after us so long ago. They were trying to find a sword, and I was the antagonist. Maybe I was the protagonist, I don't know, where I played Eldar. So basically what happened was um, Dave had asked me uh, what armies I owned. I said, just Necrons. He's like, okay, um... What uh, what do you think you want to do for the campaign? I'm like, because he didn't want to do Necrons again. I'm like, I, I, you know what? I, I said at that moment, you know what? I'm actually interested in purchasing a second army and painting it anyway. Um, at the time, I remember talking to him. Like, I'm actually kind of interested in Imperial Fist. Uh, Eldar sounds kind of cool. And I, I, I said a third one that I was actually semi-interested in. I can't remember what it was at the time. I actually don't remember. Um, and then he said, okay, El actually, Eldar, Eldar, so Eldar. We have a lot of, by we, the Mini Wargaming Studios had a lot of Eldar models at the time, but nobody played Eldar. 
So they said, you know what? Absolutely, Eldar. Um, we were gonna we were gonna record it in six weeks or so. I said, I'm gonna I'll buy I'll buy a whole Eldar army. I'll, I'll have it painted up and done ready in time. And he, of course, didn't believe me if that was possible. But um, yeah, uh, my my uh, my orange Eldar paint job is was super simple, so it was very easy to do. Uh, so anyway, I bought that army um, kind of. Like they kind of chose it for me, but like it was, I, it was in a list that I put together. Like, here's what I'm interested in. Which one do you think I should play? And then he's like Eldar. So yes, I played Eldar. Um, and then I started playing Batrams for Mini Wargaming. I started playing Guest, and I was winning most of my games. After after like a, sorry, after a bit of a hiccup at the beginning, as I'm figuring out actually how to play the things, and then I started winning most of my games. And then it got to my head. I actually thought I was a good. Warhammer 40,000 player, not realizing that the armies I played at that time, this is early, this is late 6th, early 7th at this point, so basically the Eldar was almost exclusively 7th. I played Necrons and Eldar. I had a huge advantage over every other faction, especially Chaos, and I was just winning, obviously, because my, my, rules, my rules were just way better at the time, but I thought I was good. Like, I was getting a little arrogant, like, hey, I'm really good at Warhammer, oh no, I'm playing Eldar. But people used to make those jokes. Well, of course you won your Eldar. And I thought they were just jokes or whatever. But once I realized that was true, I'm like, oh, it's true. I did win because I'm Eldar. It is cheesy Eldar. It was janky Eldar. Oh, my list is really, really strong. The better I, better my grasp of the game came, the more experienced I was, I realized that, like, yeah, just I had, a, I had an advantage with these armies. And then... It kind of got tainted for me. I didn't want to be the Necron Eldar player. I didn't want to play an army that was really strong. I wanted to work for my win. I want if, if people saw me win most of the time, I wanted to be because I was good or competent or lucky. I'm gonna be honest. I won. I won a lot of ninth edition games with so sheer luck. Um, I wanted to earn my victory, so I kind of moved away from uh, Necrons. But they're they're in a bad spot now. Well, actually, no. Now the, now the new book is out. They're very interesting again. I want to make a new army, but I don't have time. Um, yes, I just moved away from Eldar because I didn't, I never wanted to be the guy who plays that faction, and that's why he wins, and that's why I eventually moved over to Orcs. They were really good for a while, but they they kind of got left behind, they're pretty, they're pretty weak again. Um, so I think after that I moved to my Dark Angels, see, I I said I spent the whole time on this one question, I moved to the Dark Angels after that, and then the Raven Wing got like a huge buff. Um, they became really powerful, and then... I bought, uh, so, so after that I moved to Dark Eldar because I tried to, so what I did is I scoured the internet and I wanted the general consensus of what the, this is 7th edition, what the worst armies out there, the ones that are just like generally don't place in tournaments, people consider kind of a joke, they're not powerful, they're not going to win. And I believe that the, the absolute worst one on the list was Chaos, well I'm not playing Chaos, Dave does that. The second worst was Tyranids. Well, I'm not going to do Tyranids. Matt does that. And then the third worst was Dark Eldar. So easy peasy. Got it. Got Dark Eldar, painted them all up, started playing games. I was confident I won some. I lost some. Um, I was getting better with them. And I was starting to win more often. And I felt like I was earning my wins. And then 8th edition comes out. Now, this is, this is still Index. I don't think I've played many games with them with their codex, but I did. Actually, I did. But anyways, in Indexed, I'm making lists. And I'm realizing when I'm putting my list in Battlescribe, 
I'm making look like, oh, that's a pretty solid list. How many more points do I have to spend? Ooh, 900 more points I still have. Like, I felt everything for Dark Eldar Index was just so radically cheap. Um, just, just, just too cheap, like too endpoint wise, right? So I was able to have so many things, and in my, I know my style back then wasn't the typical Dark Eldar style. Um, I was just a lot of raiders in, raiders in, uh, sorry, cabalage and raiders and cabalage and venoms was my thing, but like, but almost exclusively. So I just wanted to have as many of those as possible I can, and I would jump from, or or actually the tank list was amazing as well. I would just try to jump around from spot to spot and use a train so I can get as many guns on a single target as I possibly can, kill it, and move on to the next one. So I was always on objectives. I was focusing down things. It worked well for, Dark Elder worked very well for my playstyle, but I felt like um, I just had a points advantage. Like they, just, they were just pointed too low. So I completely lost interest in the Dark Eldar because it felt like I, it, was, it was too strong. And that is when I moved to Orcs. And then the book came out, and I, I, I said for, for like well, well before I had my Orc army, that I was gonna play Bad Moon Orcs. And the book came out and made Bad Moon Orcs pretty good at shooting. But Orcs were pretty good at shooting, and that's the whole, you know what, I better move on from this topic. I'm actually going down a whole memory lane here. But yeah, Eldar, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to play the crazy overpowered cheesy army, or one that was considered so. I know there will always be perceptions, and then there are, there are people, what's, the, what's a bad army? Well, okay, for example, six months ago, Necrons are, they weren't respected. They're considered pretty weak, pretty not great. Um, but there are people out there who would still comment, like, Necrons are crazy overpowered, crazy cheesy because there's the one Necron player in his group of six people and he only plays the same six people and he's just really good he's just he's gonna throw off the perception for that group so there's always gonna be that there's nothing you can do about that but um, generally Eldar were considered are considered were considered quite powerful so I want to move away from that <clears throat> that being said I did say and I mean this if if and when, so more when, when Elder gets a new codex, I will likely jump into them. If they get a new codex and a new model line, I promise, I guarantee I'm jumping back into them. They needed 15 minutes in that one question. Um, <laughs> Uh, Random Roy, Steve, super thanks, super thanks for the Epic Space Green Codex view, lots to digest. <laughs> roll a d6. I don't have any dice in here. I mean, uh, I, yeah, sorry. Just roll a d6, answer the corresponding question. You know what? I'll just shotgun all. Th there's two questions, dude. Oh, I see. There's three. Ooh, you gotta hit spacebar. You gotta hit enter. Um, what are the what is the luckiest event you've ever seen in a Warhammer game? Have you played a new Necromunda game? Uh, okay, so um, yeah, I've had a few lucky moments very recently. I had one where, um, no, well, spoilers, but the game's been out for a long time. Early in ninth, I was playing against Dave and the Blood Angels, and I can't remember what I was playing. I might have been playing Dark Angels. I can't remember. Um, he was set up to win the game. Basically, there was an early try. I think it was turn two when he was going to go ahead and grab a bunch of points by getting Line Breaker and a couple other things. And... Um, <sighs> He ended up killing a rhino in my deployment, a rhino or a razorback in my deployment zone. It exploded, killed the character that killed the rhino. Um, 
that character was no longer in my deployment zone because she was dead, didn't get line breaker, and didn't get attrition. No, that couldn't have been it. There's something it affected him another way. He didn't get line breaker because he died. He only had one unit in there, and he didn't get something else. I can't remember. Um, but then by the end of the game, the points are so close that we, that we realized that like if I hadn't rolled a six on that explosion, that was his game. <clears throat> uh, have I played a new Necromunda game? No, I haven't. Uh, no, I haven't played Necromunda in a while. Uh, what games do you play in your spare time? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You, you, 100% of the games I play are recorded. Uh, we're in semi-lockdown in the UK. What did you miss the most during your lockdown? Uh-huh. Yeah, going out at night. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, <clears throat> uh, what changes do you think they're going to make to orcs? I want stack a daka daka sixes to stack. Oh, stack a daka. I thought it was a misprint. You want stack a daka daka? Um, that would be kind of cool. Um, um what I want to see, okay, so Luca and I, I think you're going to see this before the first, yeah, okay, you're going to see this before the first episode goes out, but Luca and I are currently working on a second edition Warhammer 40,000 mini campaign. Basically, not really much of a campaign, we, we, we attained a untouched second edition starter box set with orcs and space rings in it. We did an unboxing, we painted up the miniatures, Luca painted up miniatures, it's so rare for him to do that. He painted the Space Marines, I painted the orcs, so 60 models for orcs in that box. And uh, we played through all the learning to play missions, and then we're doing a couple of actual full 1500 point bat reps of second edition. So, um, actually I gotta go, as soon as I'm done here, I gotta go to the next studio over and record the last episode of that. Um, why am I talking about this actually? Oh, because you actually want to change the orcs. Okay, so this is, so we realize, or I think we come to a consensus here, that orcs in second edition do very, sorry, significantly better in shooting than they do in close combat so far. It seems like they're not a close combat army. And even in ninth edition, they're not a close, close combat army. Now, don't get me wrong, there's going to be somebody who comments like, orcs are clearly a close combat army because of this. Well, the way, in general, you're going to do, in my opinion, you're going to do better uh, shooting. Now, you are going to charge for various reasons, but your damage comes from shooting with orcs. It just, they, they became a weirdly good at a shooting army. More efficient than in close combat. So what I want to see for, no joke, uh, I want to see orcs, I want to see a reason to bring boys in close combat. No, I know you can win by spamming a bunch of boys. I know you can. I'm not saying they're completely useless. I'm saying it's just more efficient killing with your guns. Now, 9th edition doesn't care much about killing as as much as is clearing people off objectives and holding those objectives. That's where boys come in handy. But I just want to see, I want to see orc close combat be interesting, be desirable. And not just be, I do it because this is how my employment works. Uh, last one is the next, uh, your next game, your warlord can choose two warlord traits. I don't think that's illegal or sorry, illegal. That breaks the law. <clears throat> Wilhelm BG. Is there anything in the Warhammer lore you wish was represented or was a mechanic in the game? Also, any rule or mechanics to the game you miss from past editions? Okay, I so I can talk about the, the second half of that very quickly, actually. What do I want from the lore brought into the game? 
I don't know. How about orcs being <laughs> crazy? But no, that's not really a thing. Them charging forward and dying on mass is kind of lore appropriate. Uh, <laughs> what about from the lore brought to the game? Oh, I don't want to stay here too long and think. I'm sure, I'm sure I have an answer that we used to, I'm sure I have an answer that's not coming to me right now. I'm sorry, if it pops in my head throughout the rest of this video, I'll, I'll mention it. Any mechanics of previous editions I miss? Absolutely. I miss vehicle facing. That lost immersion is a big deal for me. I very much miss vehicle facing. Now, because um, I'm just playing second edition, I love the vehicle damage chart far better in second edition and even kind of in seventh and sixth than it is currently. I'm not a like it works. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't ever. Like I'm not. I would never complain about. It, but in, in in response to the question, I'm not a big fan of vehicles having toughness and wounds in an armor save. I know it works mechanically, and that's fine. Um, yeah, I miss a bit of that immersion of like the the chart. Now the chart, the damage chart was way more. Um, I want to say sophisticated, but that's not the right word. Way more interesting in second edition than it was in like six or seven. It was just like you explode in a six plus and you need AP to do it or whatever. Or you explode on a seven on a D6. Like six was immobilized, right? It's been a while. Uh, I, so that was fine. I liked that. But the second edition one was just far more interesting. <clears throat> Steve, what do you think about the Sons of Behemoth? Particularly the fact that Mega Gargoyles will still will have 35 wounds. Do you think just adding more wounds to help solve the problem monsters currently face in AOS? And do you want to see some other big models like Arcan given uh, similar wound stats? This is another one I can spend forever on. Okay, so he's talking about, for those who are unfamiliar with it, just Sigma, he's talking about the new army of giants, like big titan-sized giants in Age of Sigmar. And they have 35 wounds because monsters currently struggle in... Um, in Sigmar, like the infantry kind of is better, so like that's not a hard and fast rule, but like it's a it's a general statement that kind of it kind of rings true. Uh, thirty five wounds. Um, I've played with thirty five wounds. No, wait, have I played thirty five? No, I'm not. I played with twenty. Thirty five wounds is a big deal. Um, I have to play it play it a bunch of times to see if it matters. The fact that they count as a bunch of malls for holding objectives is a big deal. No, the thing is, I, I actually wanted to play. This army, I was going to claim them as my own studio army, like my my next AOS faction, but so is Josh. So I'm just going to, I don't want to fight him, so I'm just going to let him have him. So he's going to play the uh, Sons of Bayamut. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I am not going to claim that I know better than the guys writing the rules. I don't think I do. So um, we'll let the rules writers sort it out over time. I have full confidence that they eventually figure it out. But yeah, you're right. Monsters aren't quite working. There's a, yeah, just doesn't quite, doesn't quite fit in the game mechanics well enough to represent themselves well enough, but they work fine in the actual, ah, I'm trying to explain. Well, like, I'll compare, I'll talk about, uh, I know you're asking a West question, but I'll go to the 40k uh, equivalent. So we're seeing models like Gaskul Thraka and the Catan, or, yeah, the Catan having um, these wound charts that they can't take more than three or four in the case of the Thraka turn, so they can survive a few turns. Um, so if you just gave them lookout, sir, they're going to get to your lines and they're going to, you know, tear you apart and they're going to be really too strong. If you don't give them lookout, sir, and you don't have this mechanic where they're going to only take so many wounds a turn, they're going to die in turn, one turn. Like, somebody's going to look at them and pull their guns on them and they're dead and they're never going to get used. 
So that, the fact that they've added that mechanic to Thraka and now the Catan is a clear sign. They're saying, we don't know how to balance this. We made this game far too killy to make any of these things work. Um, so we have to add this weird mechanic to let these models see play. Because you just make them like 30 wounds, yeah, they're not going to get killed in one turn. But they're going to absorb too much. There, there's, there's, Terminator stuff with a, suffered a big problem for a long time. And then Luca, oh man, I'm going off the tangent here. Luca and I used to discuss Terminators forever. And one of the things we said um, could help fix them is every Terminator got a uh, Toughness 5 or... Uh, extra wounds or whatever, whatever. But every time we came up with an idea, it, it imposed upon something else. So you'd make him toughness five. Um, now the aggressors are just, just better aggressors. Uh, you gave him an extra wound. Well, it just makes um, uh, custodians kind of like, well, what makes custodians better? And then ultimately they decided, okay, we're just going to give him an extra wound. Uh, it, these are just signs of like the game has, the bloat is, it's 35 years of bloat, right? We have huge bloat and... Um, very killy models, very killy armies, and you, you you can't fix these things. And then go back to the Sigmar thing with the Giants. The game, well, this actually applies to both, actually for 40k and for the Giants. Not that this is a negative, but the game is very simplified that they don't, I, I, they, their way of balancing all these giant things appears to be give them a bunch of wounds because giving it an intricate, um, more complex game mechanic doesn't fit their style anymore. Like previous editions, like vehicle facing and, and their vehicle damage charts was just a bunch of things. We, look at what we're talking about. You could, there's no way you could possibly remember the vehicle damage chart. Uh, you play previous editions of, of Warhammer 40,000 you need multiple books and you're constantly re referencing. I play, I've been playing Warhammer Fantasy for so many years and to this day, um, I don't think I've ever gone through an entire game without having to reference the rule book, okay? Whereas in, I, in now, in Age of Sigmar, you can play an entire game and uh, not have to reference the rules because you, it's, it's, you got them. They're pretty simple. They're straightforward. They're not ambiguous. There's not, there's, there's, there hasn't been one of those situations where like, wait a minute. How does he have to pile in? No, you know it. They're clearly telling you, you just know it. Now, you can play a lot of games where, if you remember their stat lines in every special rule, you don't have to reference your rule book, your army book either, but that's a whole separate thing. Whereas uh, 40K, even 7th edition, um, you still had to reference, um, not everybody can remember how to do tank shock or barrage or what level the barrage actually hit. There's a bunch of things you have to go back to the rule book and check. Which is fine. Like you, you, you want a level of com, com, complexity, you have to reference the rule book. You want a level of simplicity, so you don't have to reference as much. The games are streamlined and smoother. As far, that, that seems to be more popular with the masses, which I think Games Workshop should do. So as long as the masses are buying into it, we also have a game, right? <clears throat> so I think this keep the complexity down is the right call with my very limited knowledge. Um, but that means now you have trouble with these giants where you try to figure out how to make them work in the game without adding a bunch of complexity. I'm positive, I'm absolutely positive they can write some <clears throat> janky rules <clears throat> to make these things work. <clears throat> Same as the Catan and Gaspel. You can make the, you can, you can write some, you know, a couple of paragraphs or a couple of pages of a new type of rule, whatever, you, you could absolutely do that. But they're looking for simple ways of handling these things. And for the Giants, the Great Gargants, it's just too early to say. But I suspect it's going to be fine. That was a long time to 
answer. Yeah, I think it's going to be fine. <coughs> I think I'm just more talkative in the morning. Where I leave off. Oh, you're not supposed to put Arcan. Arcan suffers the same problem. He's so expensive, but I don't find him ever really worth it. But you can't. You, you have to lower his points, but there's a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot where he lowers points too much, and he was like, auto-include too powerful. There's like, I really do believe it's like, he's not worth it. Auto-include too powerful. Not worth it. Auto-include too powerful. You gotta find a little hair right here. And that's hard to find. Hmm. Steve, I find it hard to maintain interest in an army. If there isn't a great deal of lore around them, e.g. novels, how do I maintain interest in my Drukari and not just go back to Space Marines? I also lost interest in Drukari. Um, this is something that nobody could ever answer. You, you could, well, you could answer it for yourself. I can never answer it for you. Because... Um, you likely yourself don't even fully know why you particularly find, particularly find something interesting. Like, um, why? I play High Elves in Warhammer Fantasy. Um, I play, then I played Eldar in um, 40k, and I want, I wanted the Rivendell Elves for uh, Lord of the Rings. Why do, why do I why do I love elves? That's weird. And then then you can talk about the Age of, Age of Sigmar new elves, the um, the light elves, and the fact that they hold hammers and have these weird giant bull helms completely turned me off. I can't fully explain that, but I also understand it. Uh, I never had I've had zero interest in orcs my whole life, none whatsoever. Whether it be War orcs and goblins fantasy or 40k orcs or Iron Jaws or Age of Sigmar. Then all of a sudden, one day I'm like, you know what, orcs, I'm gonna try them out. And, and then, and then, a massive 40k orc army, massive um, fantasy army done and painted that nobody's seen. Oh no, it's been in one background, but people haven't really seen yet. And uh, I very much want Iron Jaws now and Sigmar. Uh, taste change, and I would. Maybe, maybe just maybe keep jumping around until you find the thing that just grabs you, and maybe it's only to grab you for so long until you move on to the next thing. But if you don't, I, I find um, if you paint for me, for me, is you paint up a small army, you know, five hundred points or something. Uh, by the time you're done that, you you are either going to no, I know this could be expensive. You are either going to find your love for that faction, that army, and your models, or you are going to know. This one's not for you. Move on to the next one. So if you have the time and money to spare, that's my recommendation. Paint up a small force, and then you'll know. I feel like I feel like we just know whether or not you want to go on with it. But that's really that's really me giving advice to myself. If I were to ask that question, so I don't know how to answer it for you. Sorry. Oh God. Okay, uh, Montrugas, could you guys please make some more horse heresy backups again? Love to see them keep up the good work. So many of you, many of you know I sold off my Iron Warriors Horse Heresy army because I sell everything eventually, right? Um, but last week, last oh no, they have been about. So last week I brought in my whole brand new Horse Heresy Iron Warriors army. I sold off my old one and started all over again. I wanted to change the painting scheme, so I have a whole new Horse Heresy army with a lot of mechanic in it as well. Um, yeah, I'm. I too am dying to put that in some horse heresy bat rips. However, as it stands right now, because of the ninth edition, and then 
especially with the new books coming out soon and everything, like we, our, our, our focus has to be here for two reasons. One, everybody's super excited in this building, so that we're gonna do that. And two, you guys are all super, like as a whole, the, um, the audience, okay, so you have to remember something, Mini Wargaming is a business. Every decision has to be made financially or else we're not here to do this. Like we all have to get paid, we all have mortgages and stuff, right? Like. Decisions have to be made financially. So while I would have more fun tomorrow playing Horus Heresy, I'm going to play another game of Ninth Edition because that's what's going to pay the bills. Um, so for here now, we have to focus on that because that's what keeps the company, you know, turning. And then um, when we have you know more time or less releases, we'll, def- we'll I promise you, I want it to more Horus Heresy. We'll get into that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to wait. It's, it's been a weird cycle in the last couple of years, which has very much affected Mini Wargaming and actually every other YouTube channel, I would assume, where uh, Games Workshop's release schedule has been so rapid, so fast, that it dictates what we kind of do. Which is understandable, I, I think. But yes, I get it. I have a whole new army. I, wanna, I want to get it in there. Uh... Ultimate R-U-L. Steve, a great work on the Marine Codex review. I've had it for days now. It's still, still nothing like figuring it out, so you can only imagine how much the, how much that hurt the old gray matter. Oh, the brain. I'm a little slow. Uh, do you think Inceptors are actually good? Uh, yes, I do. I can not tell if you're being... Sat- oh, yeah, that's fair. Okay, I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic or not when you said they were really good in the review. I have some, but they don't see much action. I wonder if I'm missing a trick. Yeah, you know. So I know the way I talk, especially around my buddies. Like, look, whatever. I'm, I'm very, I'm very sarcastic, but also it means that I also like to hyperbole. I like to exaggerate a lot, um, but also means that um, yeah, you could definitely think I'm being sarcastic or exaggerating when I'm not intending to. No. So I actually do think scepters are fantastic. They are for me almost an auto include. Um, you have toughness five and nine wounds for a hundred and I can't remember. It's 120 ish points, but with the bolt guns, the, sorry, the assault bolters, you're getting 18 strength five. The turn they come down, most likely AP two. Though I think I want to keep them on the table now. That's the hero there. Um, I think yeah, for uh, resilient enough, and their firepower is excellent. But most importantly, uh, that 10 inch fly move. No, I think they are. Auto includes. Now, I want to I want to quantify that or clarify that. When I say auto include, um, I, you you would think I mean every time you make a list, you bring them in. Uh, what I mean by that is every time I bring a list that I'm thinking wants to be a little competitive, I want to bring them. Now, uh, if I was playing white scars, I probably wouldn't wouldn't want or need them, but I can definitely see the value for them as well. Basically, uh, the slower marine armies want them to jump on objectives and or kill things that are hiding around certain corners. Um, I think white scars are pretty well fast enough that they're gonna get you anyway. Uh, but like my Raven Guard, I love them. You know, to be fair, I haven't really considered them with any other army. I would like them with my Dark Angels, even though I think Dark Angels can do very well in melee now. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, for me and my playstyle, I just, I, I, really, I really love them. So no sarcasm there. I think they are in, like an auto-include. Like I'm all I'm always I have two units of three in my list, unless I need to take them out for because I need the points for something else in my list that's a greater hole than that than they were filling. But like they would always be in my list first, and then I'll pull them out if necessary. But they rarely get pulled out. Um, 
Mylan, Steve, now that you're... Oh, God. Now that you're back on site, are we ever going to see another Chuggle Mug? Okay, so weirdly enough, like a year, year and a half ago, we filmed another one. It was fine. It was only fine, though. It didn't quite... I never got edited. We spent the day... Colin and I spent the day filming it. It never got edited. I don't... It, it was missing something. Everybody was just kind of expecting it. Yeah, it was just... Even though I, nobody knew what was happening, I pulled them all in. It was all secret, and they had no idea. Like, uh, okay. Uh, the reactions weren't there. Yeah. So I don't think it works. It doesn't work on the same... I found it doesn't work on the same crew over and over again. You have to bring different people in every time. And yeah, I don't know. It's not working. It's not working. And again, same with the whole... Uh, what time is it? We're getting same with the whole... Um, Rapid release schedule games workshop. It really, really dictates how we have to use our time because it takes it takes an entire day of. It takes about. I'm gonna say about twenty man hours. Twenty to thirty. I'll say twenty. Twenty to thirty man hours. Like, like, like um, sorry, paid hours, not man hours. Paid hours to make one of those videos. And it's you know that's that's. Almost a week's worth of some, for somebody here. Well, not quite, but yeah. <clears throat> Zeta78. Sorry, I just read the questions on myself. <laughs> hey, Steve, great job to both you and Luca on the Codex reviews. Which armies would you like to see get the Necron treatment, meaning major update with lots of reworked rules, versus Space Marine Codex that's mostly the same with many small changes? Um, so let me address... Well, I'll read the whole question and I'll go back to that. So you might already be aware of this, but the Infiltrator's kit comes with the Start Collecting Vanguard Space Dream box that does include the Helios Gauntlet. Weird. Okay, yeah, yeah. I th I'm pretty sure I said that in the review. Um, so Infiltrator's, if you buy the Shadow? Shadow? What was that? Oh, man, the two-player box set with the Infiltrator's and the Chaos stuff. Um, those infiltrators come with the Helix Gauntlet, which is the medic thing. But if you also buy the Start Collecting box set of Space Marines, which are those malls, you also get the Helix Gauntlet. Uh, but if you just buy the infiltrators in like the you know, $50 box off the shelf, they don't come with the Helix Gauntlet. They come with the uh, comms array, which was weird. I don't know why they would do that. It's very strange. But yeah, I thought I said that in the video, but maybe I, I forgot to say that. Um, okay, so first of all, um, major changes like the Necrons. Um... Okay, but these didn't, the Space Rangers didn't get major changes. Well, I think the Space Rangers did get major changes. It's just that they kind of previewed them over the past few months. So, or well, because of COVID, longer than that, actually. But, like, their bolter drill, their doctrines, they got introduced through various things. Um, they, they kind of felt like uh, we, we, were, we were releasing parts of the Space Rangers building up to this book. You got to remember this book is likely... This Space Marine Codex is likely done a year ago. It's just not printed, right? But yeah, so yeah, I think Space Marines does get major changes. We just got them a year ago. Um, so I think I think all of the armies will get that. I really do. I really think every army is going to have a major shakeup. Like the Necrons, if you want to call that a shakeup. I think every army, every codex coming out, in my opinion, will probably, more likely than not, have drastic changes to their everything. Except Chaos Space Marines, because they always get the shaft. 
Yeah, I don't think <laughs> Chaos Space Marines Lizard gets some boring thing. I don't know why. It just seems my entire existence in this hobby, six, seven, eighth, no ninth. Well, ninth doesn't count yet. They haven't nothing about it yet. They just don't seem to get anything nice. Oh wait, no, that's a lie. End of seventh edition for a few months. They had Traitor Legion, was is one of the best written things they've ever done. Yeah, but uh, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Uh, hi, Steve. Uh, how far am I? Ooh, I'm not. I gotta go faster. Hi, Steve. I hope you are well. You might have answered this question before, but I was curious. For 40k in AOS, what is your favorite army rule-wise and lore-wise in either game? Um, 40k, probably Dark Angels. I love their lore, but more importantly, I love the lore of Cypher. I don't want to get into that because I'll talk forever on that one. Um, so Cypher for sure in 40k. Um, AOS... Rule-wise, I really have Beast of Chaos. Well, not their... St I'm going to keep stats and rules separately. I think their stats are terrible, but their rules are sweet. Um, I love the playstyle, the Beast of Chaos, where everybody's a coward, everybody kind of runs away and trying to go grab objectives, and they're always raiding and pillaging. Now, the lore of them... I haven't really read the AOS lore on them. I assume it's probably the same or similar as it was in Fantasy, only probably more cleaned up. Uh, their lore is kind of dark. I'm not... <laughs> yeah. Uh, mentality, Steve. Do you ever eat gummy candies or stuff like that? Do you know that it comes from horse and cow hooves and other boiled down random bits? Enjoy, mwaha. Don't believe me, ask Matt. Happy Halloween. Um, yes, I understand how things get rendered. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you go from culture to culture, like you can find anything disgusting, but I mean, just because. I don't know. I just, that's, that's okay. That kind of stuff never bothered me. Um, Steve, I love the battle with Lugo showing off the new Deathwing. Would love to see a video with 2,000 points of Ravenwing with their new changes. Yeah, same here. Did I realize that the Ravenwing bikers, sorry, the bikers don't get drink? I really don't like that. Uh, when. To clarify, because the bikers are the Space Marine Codex and they gain the Ravenwing keyword, but they don't gain the drink keyword. Or drink special rule. Uh, Steve, when are we seeing a bunch of Grot takes in the Orc Army? You know what, honestly, um, they, probably never. Um, I dig them, I like them, but the the cost, like the, 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 the financial cost of them is too high for the value I'm going to get out of them. I think um, all the Forge World stuff is just, I feel like slowly getting phased out of the game by just being a little too expensive or the rules not being quite good enough. I know we had the Leviathan dominating for a while, but everything that seems to do, I just expect, yeah, I think when that, it's a better question to ask me next time around when that Imperial Ar Ar the Imperial Armor book comes out, um, and I'll have a better understanding. But it feels like, remember when, like the Fire Raptor was really good and they just like made the thing so points heavy was like, why bring it? I don't know, it feels like uh, Games Workshop doesn't like anything for World. Sorry, I'm gonna rephrase that, because it's the same company. It feels like the <laughs> the 40K Codex writing team, or the writing team in general, doesn't like the, I don't know, I, I, I'm i gonna go off a weird speculation. It's probably all in my head. I just don't, I feel like the Forgeworld stuff keeps getting worse and worse, but just, just slightly worse and worse. Uh, Steve, I've come across many older characters in various short stories, novels, and some battle tunnels that make the sign of the hammer while praying to Sigmar. 
warding off evil, evil spirits are just as a thanks to Sigmar. What do you think the side of the hammer looks like? How are the goblins coming along? I have no idea. I've never heard about the side of the hammer. I know Sigmar's symbol was this. Uh, so you make your hand into a fist and you uh, curve your fingers outward um, because Sigmar's heralding in like, the original Warhammer Fantasy lore was he uh, crashed down like a comet onto the, onto, not Earth, onto the old world, into the old world. Um, the comet was, had two tails, it had two burning tails coming off it, so they make the, your, I can't, if your fist is supposed to be the, the, the comet and there's two burning tails coming off of it as it like straight down. That was the, the symbol of Sigmar back in the old world. I don't know, I didn't even know there was a symbol of the hammer. So maybe if, they're, if, if that is, if, if, if the hammer being Sigmar, they're doing that, or is it like, like the, um, Catholic cross where they kind of do like a weird, I, you, I, I've, I've never heard of that. I'm, actually, I'm speculating. I have no idea. <laughs> How are the goblins coming along? What are you talking about? Oh, was I talking about I was painting the goblins last? Oh, yeah, they're all done. You're talking about the Warhammer Fancy Orson goblins. Uh, I'm drinking myself again. Lucky Icky. Uh, hey, Steve. Love your content and style. My question is a bit of a two-parter. Two Would you have any interest in doing a series of more technically heated battles from fe featuring harder lists as sorts of counterbalance to the overall beer and pretzel style of the vault? Do you think AOS a multitude of special abilities and hero phase powers leads to the overall more unique armies and tactical games than 40k? To me, it seems like 40k is mostly just uh, plus one minus one stuff compared to all the unique things your awesome AOS list. I think in awesome. Okay. Um, am I interested in doing harder stuff? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to attempt something in the near future, kind of like that, but um, just more of a competitive couple of bat reps. Um, but... While there are many people who will say they want this, we've learned time and time again, the, our audience as a whole doesn't. They don't, they don't care for the competitive stuff. They just want to see Space Marines and, well, actually a lot of people don't want to see Space Marines, but they do want to see Warhammer. They want to see Duke having fun playing Warhammer. We keep, we, we keep learning that. Now, I also admit it feels like the hobby as a whole has moved more competitive and Games Workshop appears to be more catering to the competitive community over the more casuals. Now, I think those are very. I think those are fair statements. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So I think it is a good time to test the waters again with our audience. Do you want to see more competitive? Um, it's, it's simple. I mean, you can ask the comments, and you'll get a thousand people saying yes. But like, are people willing to sign up for the next bat rep? Are people willing to pay for the next bat rep if we do competitive? So yeah, um, you're right. It's worth testing again. Um, but so every time in the past uh, we've tested it, it, it the audience system doesn't want that. As a whole, there are always going to be some who do. Um, and as for the, no, no, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I'm hesitant to answer your next question about the, the competitive nature of AOS versus 40K because that, that is one that's hotly debated in this building actually. Um, to simplify, I don't want to get to a thing, but to simplify, I do believe um, 40K is a little more competitive than AOS. Uh, to, to simplify, okay. 
I don't think I can make my arguments without taking a long time to do it. Uh, in short, um, if I'm gonna take somebody who, ha if I were to take a, my 12 year old nephew, no, he's older than that now, whatever, I'm gonna take some 12 year old down to the studio and teach him how to play both games. I'm gonna teach somebody how to play AOS to a point where they can play it competently in a couple hours versus 40Ks and take a lot longer than that. So if, if, if somebody very inexperienced to miniatures wargaming, miniatures games can pick up one game system faster than the other, um, there's gonna be more nuance to the harder one. Now, give it a bit let me do that. I don't, I don't go off tangent. I just think AOS is easier to learn. Um, and if anything's easier to learn, I'm not claiming that it's easier to master. I think you can, I think both of them have a nice curve for mastering and there's tactics in both. Um, but in sh I, just, I just feel like the 40K is a little more. Yeah, I don't want to get too long on that one. Uh, Ultimate RUL. Steve, hey man. I watched your, I watched with interest and enjoyment your Scions battles. Oh God, another one? See, I don't know if this is a joke at this point. I'm, I'm Steve. The guy with the long beard, that's Josh. This is a question for Josh. All right, he replied to his own question. I'm gonna read his reply. <laughs> Story, Steve, this one's for Josh. I got you sexy SOBs mixed up. Hey, Josh, you out there? All right. Somebody need a bearded man? Yeah, come here, there's a question for you. Oh no. Let me read, let me, let me read the question. Uh, Steve, my man. I watched with interest and enjoyment your science battles. Always enjoyed your battles. Thanks. Anyways, question regarding one of your armies with whatever, blah, 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 guard stuff. I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, I have to explain we're not the same person. And then, but he actually replied to his own thing. Sorry, Steve, this one's for Josh. I got you sexy SOBs mixed up. <laughs> what was his actual question? I don't question? know. Ask it when Josh turn. I'm going to read it. This is Steve time. Wow. Okay. You know what? If that is your birthday wish. <laughs> 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 uh, Bowler's Gate 3 playthrough win from Big Mikey. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. Okay. So, nobody from here is going to watch this. Um, the current dilemma is my understanding is it's going to be a four-player game. And too many, too many people want in. I don't know what to do. I might have to do two groups from this just this, just this building. Actually, some of them don't want to be online, so that might be easier. It'll happen. But the more I think about it, I just want to play for myself by myself. Would you watch if I just streamed and didn't talk to you guys? <laughs> no, that'd be boring. Um, something for Luca. The Modern Night Got One. Hey, Mr. Mount, what sort of list are you looking forward to playing for Lumineth? And are you going to do a rules review? Oh, I hadn't even considered that. Ooh. I think it's too late now. Wait, when did the book come out? Maybe it's not too late. You know what? I'll look into that. Um, enjoy working on a focused Venari force with lots of Donrise rather than running techless. Oh, I love the techless model. I know a lot of people don't. I don't know why. I love that model. I dig that model. Um, yeah, uh, we just got some more models in a couple days ago. So there's somebody else painting them. 
Um, I'm unfortunately not painting them myself. I'm working on other projects, but I will be covering them. Uh, I have one squad of the stupid hammer guys, which I will bring at least once, but after that I'll never get it. I hate the models. I hate the models. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't have... I, we ha I have a few... I have a couple thousand... I have like 2,500 points in building ready to play. The problem is I can only make a legal 1,500 point list if I only bring two battle line. Um, they have a weird... Um, uh, what comes with the battle line is the, the the wardens, the spear guys, and then for every uh, for every spear unit you bring, you can bring um, one of the dawn riders, one of the archers as battle line as well. So I don't have enough. I only have one unit of spears, which is a problem. So we got to get more. But we I actually just ordered them yesterday. So when they come in, they'll go out to the same painting studio, which the, these guys are real fast, so it wouldn't be too long. And then I'll play bigger games. But yeah, I have a lot of dawn riders. I have one unit of spearmen. I have. One of all the characters except for tech list, but I just ordered that. Um, yeah, so yeah, you'll definitely see coverage. I definitely love I love the wardens, though I'm afraid their spears are gonna break. I or their pikes. I love the wardens and I love the Dawn Riders. I think the archers are one of the stupidest sculpts I've ever seen. That bow doesn't make any sense to me. Um, that bow could not in any way actually fire an arrow. In any like it couldn't do it. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't work. And then I hate the hammer guys. Uh, other than that, the rest of the line I really like. I really like. Ah, I like the cow monsters, but they, I don't think they fit in an elf. Like they don't feel elven to me, but they're good models. I'm not gonna lie, I like those models. And Techos I love. And I kind of, I kind of like the rules. I'm not gonna lie. I really think, like. I, it was an army I was gonna purchase for myself. I just thought I'm working on something else and try to coordinate where. Um, I, I obviously played this many times over the years, or maybe the other guys have talked about it as well, but we try not to overlap army coverages uh, between studio armies, uh, something Matt does, Dave does, what Josh buys, what I buy, what Luca buys. Not because we like there's a rule, it's just that we try to do as many different things as possible. <clears throat> uh, Clark, hey Steve, do you guys ever want to... Do you guys ever play non-game workshop games? The reason I ask, I would like to know if there ever been heard of or played a game called Bolt Action. Yeah, Josh, Josh loves Bolt Action. It's a very good game. I wonder if you could play any uh, mountain, the mountain game. So my YouTube channel. No, I won't play it. Um, so my buddy Ben really digs it. He's you know my channel plots. Uh, Josh really likes it. Um, I watched one game of them two playing. I'm like, I'm never because they're trying to get me to buy it. Because uh, Conflict Forty Seven. Same game. It was something that I was thinking about. But I watched them play the game like it was terrible. Now, they have a nice action system where you pull a beat out of a bag or whatever, or die out of a bag, and that person goes without getting into uh, good detail. That part I liked, but it was a race to roll sixes. The game I watched, now they claimed it was because uh, they both brought nothing but veterans in buildings. Um... It was just like, okay, I go. I rolled a bunch of races, I got no sixes. Okay, you go. You rolled a bunch of races, you got no sixes. I go. I, rolled, I got a six. One of your guys dies. Uh, I go. I rolled some sixes. Like, there was no movement. It was just, yeah, it was, no, it's not for me. Like, the, the movement phase of any game is my favorite part. <clears throat> miso, miso, Steve, how are you and how has the lockdown treated you? Uh, not bad. There was a time there where I was starting to lose it. Like I felt it, like being like locked in and and um, like not seeing anybody. Yeah, I live alone, right? So not seeing anybody. 
like people for for after a couple months was like weird. But then we started recording bat reps. Like we did we did weekly meetings and uh, other people I would hang out with and play games with online or whatever. Um, it was just getting weird to start seeing people. But I think many people went through that, right? Because I, 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 I like to go tonight. Um, but what really helped when when we started doing um, remote bat reps, I, I, everything was fine again. Like uh, I, I was playing forty, I was playing forty k or AOS every day in my dining room table, um, and everything kind of felt normal again for some for some whatever reason. Just playing the games again just kind of really helped me. So that was my job was a, a big help. So all those who just who were unable to work from home and who only live with a small amount of people or by themselves are really thrilled for those guys or those people. It's not the easiest thing. Um, non how is Mount Minter's game at the moment? Uh, will you be doing more vids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put on a live video a couple of days ago explaining why we can't do the Kickstarter. We can't finish Kickstarter. I'll get a little more detail right now. So there's a cleaning crew that comes in because there, there's like the, the, the room upstairs, the hotel, and there's the gaming hall and the store and the studios. They, in their eight hour shift, they come and like, they do like the rooms upstairs in the afternoon. And then um, after five, they close off the studio floor and they have to like spray all this stuff on the handles. It has to sit for a while. And then when that's done, they do the tournament hall because that closes later in the evening. And so that's their, that's their shift. So when they're doing the whole spray down everything and cleaning everything in the studios, one, it's too loud to record, and two, we don't have to be on the same floor when they're doing that, the, the, the chemical or whatever, right? They have to wear masks and stuff. Um, so we're unable to film currently after 5 p.m. because that's when they're doing, doing, doing this. Uh, when that goes away, hopefully eventually we'll be able to record again. And we can't record on the weekends um, because if we do, then the cleaning crew has to come in after us. But we can, it's, it's complicated, we can record in the weekends in the studios upstairs because they have to clean them anyway, but we can't record up there if there's any people up there. So we're, we're, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, it's not, it's been frustrating, but like Matt and Dave have been awesome trying to help us figure it out. But like, it, it, it is what it is. Like, well, well, nobody expected this weird pandemic and then when it's over, or actually we'll, we'll probably figure out a, a solution before then. We actually thought about just recording from my host. But we thought the the quality would be too. The lighting is not going to be great. The room will be uh, the room will be too echoey. The audio and the visual won't be as great if we record from my house. If we absolutely have to do that, we we will. With another thing we thought about doing is there's a there's a brief window at the end of the day from like five to about six six thirty where we can go right down to the studios and record from my channel. Um, but then we'd have to leave because that's when they come in, and then we come back the next day and you know finish that game. We thought about that too. Um, It'd be disjointed, but we can get away with it. But the way things are currently working at Mini Wargaming uh, to keep on the schedule, because um, I don't know if this is well known yet, because well, we're trying to ramp up the campaigns. Matt and Dave work on those almost exclusively. Actually, Luke and I are kind of doing one right now, but they work on them almost exclusively. But the way they're able to maintain schedules, they actually we have six studios. They actually set up two beforehand, and then they use those two over the next day. So if, if even one of them does that, we can't take one of the studios from my channel overnight. So, you know, they've tried, they, they've been very generous trying to work with that. Like, okay, we'll, we'll set up early, you guys can use it. Like, yeah, they've been, but yeah, um, COVID stuff, when the regulations go away here in Ontario or when, you know, we have, you know, it, it we'll, we'll get back to normal eventually and I will finish that stuff. I am itching, itching to play fantasy right now. <clears throat> 
Steve, what three armies are your least favorite and why? Uh, Knights, Admech, and Custodes. Yeah. Um, Knights and Custodes for the exact same reason. Um, they're perfectly fine. You win or you lose, it doesn't really matter. Um, they, don't, they don't have enough mo When I play Warhammer, I want, I want to, I'll, I'm, I'm okay to lose as long as I take some of my, my opponent's malls off the table. I think you can beat both those armies and never kill a single model. I want to be able to kill my opponent's models. I know 9th edition doesn't reward you as much as, you know, previous editions, but those, those armies are very resilient. Um, but like, so, so knights, like, you can kill them, or you don't. Custodies, I think it's more of a jealousy thing with custodies, because custodies are everything I want my Deathwing to be, but now my Deathwing kind of are, I'm not going to lie. So, the custodies thing is more jealousy than, uh, like, because they, they die, they just, they just, they're, a little, they're resilient. But, they, but I'm not saying they're too resilient, they need to be resilient. I'm not saying they're overpowered, because they're not. I'm just saying, I just, when I play, I want to kill more of my opponent's stuff. If I love playing against Tyranids, I'm going to kill a bunch of stuff. I might win or lose, who cares? I'm going to kill a bunch of stuff. And then uh, add mech for one reason. I absolutely detest Castellan robots. Everything else in that book, kind of weak. Not the greatest. Oh, that's not true. No, that's not true. That book can be played very well, actually. I have a new respect for the book. There's another YouTube channel I've been watching. It's kind of like, I see the power. They're, they're pretty good. I just dislike Castellan robots. Mostly because of P PTSD from, you know, 7th edition when I played Dark Eldar. And they just, you know, killed everything in my army without any kind of save. Even my beagles. <laughs> Donnie 777, hey, oh, you know what? Okay, I'm going to shotgun these. I just realized we're out of time. Okay, um, hey, Steve. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay, you see, looking at the space ring con to keep up the good work, how do you typically build your list? Do you find a creative centerpiece model or just online search for the best list or play test your own creations? I'm very much against um, net listing or online searching. It works for some people, it doesn't work for me. I like to make a list and then refine it over time because uh, I want to know what works for me. The person online, there's well, there's two things. I've learned with many years of experience. There's two kinds of things you can find online. Things that work for them, and if you learn how to use it, it'll work for you. Um, oh no, surgery three. The other one is things that got refined by a community to be a really strong list, that's it's refined as a community group. Those are usually really strong. And the third one is, which I find very common, or actually used to be more common, but people out there just saying, hey, this is good, with like, oh, but you've never actually played a game. Like, don't give advice to somebody who never actually played the game. I find that's common. No. I rephrase that because that can be harsh. Uh, I found that common when I was researching horse heresy. Like I was reading articles about um, how to play certain things, and like as I'm reading the articles, like like for example, like was, uh, I don't want to give any, I don't want to like like out anybody, but like, I'm reading articles like, like that, 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 that the rules don't even work that way. You don't even know what you're talking about. Like just because you're able to write an article on a site doesn't mean you know how to play, or you just because you you bought a geo site, whatever you. For example, like uh, um, uh, Raven, because oh, I played Raven, I have Raven Guard Army for horses. I remember there was one channel, it was like he kept talking about, you know, using your crack grenades with furious charge. I'm like, it doesn't, you don't, you don't get furious charge with crack grenades, just stuff like that. It's like um, peripheral knowledge you can create, um, you can kind of like, oh, just do this, but like 
actual gaming experience, you would realize that you would eventually catch it. You couldn't do that, so it was just sort of lack of experience. That was just I found that common in horse heresy for some reason back back at that time when it, when horse heresy was just like this weird group of not weird but this small group of um, diehard fans, and then for a bit it blew up to this like a bunch of people got involved. Now it kind of went back to this. Uh, but when they, when they hear, I just found a bunch of articles popping up. We're like, well, that, that that's not even the rules. But actually, here, no, there. I don't know why I'm even thinking about that. I was just thinking about that recently. Um, but how I build my list, I just build. And, and, and weirdly enough, if, if uh, you bring something on the table that performs too well too many times, I put it. Like all my models are in shelves out there. I put them in a certain like, for example. In my orc barreps, you don't see Ludas, you don't see Dakajets, you don't see mech guns, you don't see a handful of things because they did too well too many times. So I shelve them because I don't want people to be like, oh, that's too good, stop bringing it. Uh, then because you do barreps every day, you want to try to vary it up. So I try to, I try to do different things or try to take people's like, send me a list, like, okay, I'll try that for you, but there's some of the things in here that I really don't want to do. So I'll pull all these bikers and I'll throw in like this one more thing over here. But yeah, it's gonna like do whatever. Now, if I'm gonna make a competitive list, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I think about. I actually think about the scenarios, and I think about the secondaries, and I think about how to prevent people from uh, the, getting the scenarios and the secondaries, and that's it. So I want I want things to be able to clear objectives, hold objectives, get to objectives, prevent my opponent from getting to objectives. And that's the thought process. I can't read your next comment. It's inappropriate. Hey, Steve, how are you? I've heard the third fantasy army. Orcs and Goblins, nice. In your opinion, should I go for regular boar boys or savage orc boar boys? Should I, should I sue Big Wall? Or little, should I use Big Wall or Little Wall? And finally, from Forge World New Fantasy, if you could have a choice, what faction army would you love to see released? I don't know. I don't think Forge will ever touch fantasy. Um, okay, so... I use, I have regular boar boys. I didn't buy any savage ones. Now, if you if you really master the movement phase, you can make the savage ones. The savage ones are stronger. Um, if your opponent is very good at the movement phase, the savage ones are weak, weaker. Um, I, 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 I I'm choosing the regular boar boys because the people I play against are pretty competent. Like we play a lot of games, right? So they're gonna know how to they're gonna know how to bait them or redirect them. Um, that's the only reason why I, I like the savage. Bo ah, no, I like them. they're both good models. I think. Whichever one works for you and your group. Uh, secondly, after the big wall, little wall, um, the little wall as a whole is better, in my opinion. I prefer the little wall, but the foot of Gork is well. There's two spells: foot of Gork, potentially crazy OP, and the the teleporter one. I forget what it's called, where you move a whole unit, crazy OP. So there's two really good spells in the big wall, and the, but but I still prefer the little wall overall. It's more of a, it's more useful overall, I think. Maiden 23, oh, Ben, go faster. Um, okay, so um, Maiden's asking me about, he's starting a fantasy army, and he's asking about doing vampire counts. So at this point, I have to say, hey, Maiden, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you've never watched my bat reps, <laughs> because I'm terrible with my vampire, I have a vampire counts army, I am terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. <laughs> I can't seem to get a win. I can, at best, I think I got ties. Um, that's a better question for Luca. However, now this is important. Is your gaming group going to be competitive and how competent is everybody? How, how, how often he is in the play? How experienced is everybody? That's a big deal. 
because I know Vampire Counts can do very well by taking a Blender Lord. Google that and you'll find it no problem. A Blender Lord in a, a horde of Graveguard with great weapons, and then as many spirit hosts as you can legally fit, which I think is three. So three spirit hosts for redirecting. And then the rest of your points, you have to put core. You need you get some you get some dire wolves, uh, unit of zombies for your, your wizard to sit in. And that's it. And that's a really powerful army. Also other things, obviously, but that's a really powerful core. But if your opponents are playing stuff like uh, Tomb Kings or Bretonians that aren't that great or can't really play too high up, they can play up a little bit, but can't play too high up, uh, don't buy that. So it's, it's, it's really, it's a very subjective question. Um, Gatsby's asking about Orc Clans, kind of like Space Marines, how you can create your own. I, I would basically sum up how I'm going to answer your question is I would love to see every codex have a form of the Space Marine thing where here are the clans, here are the craft worlds, here are the whatever, and you're trying to make custom ones. Elder has that actually already. But yeah, I, I really I want to see custom clans. Um, Steve, what's an army that you don't have a ton of experience with and you like to pick up an incursion force to play with? I kind of want to do an Eldar, um, uh, not an Ari, well, an Ari, not an Ari, and in like Wraith army. I wouldn't be, not that experienced with it, but like honestly, I would do any any faction. Gene Steelers, oh, Tyranids even. Tyranids would be pretty good. Tyranids maybe. I don't know, all of them. All of them. <laughs> Big Mikey. Steve, how does it feel to be that guy with the super OP army for the next two weeks? All kidding aside, has your general stance the inner circle being good, not great? Game breaking changed? First? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I, without getting too far into it because I'm out of time, um, the when I first read the Inner Circle rule, I'm like, wow, crazy OP. I played one game where that rule was going to be even better for me. My opponent, it was, just, it was this really bad rule for my opponent. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad at all. So I'm going to say it might not be as bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, it might not be that bad at, at all. It's good. I'm not saying it's, it's good. It's not. I don't know if you're in, I don't know. I, I'm not saying I don't think you're going to see a Deathwing Terminator armor's Terminator armies dominating a tournament meta. But it is good. Um, okay, the next question is uh, about Cypher. Man, I've, I've answered this question so many times, I, I cannot answer this question in a few seconds. Um, I think it's the, to answer your question directly, just for you, I think it's the Lion Sword. Um, but it could be it could be either one. Um, I, the Cypher lore is some of my Favorite Lord all 40k. Uh, Steve DeMount, when will we see the Lumineth? Uh, I'm recording a Lumineth game this coming Wednesday, so you'll probably see a Lumineth game either at the end of this coming week or the week after. Uh, talking about Dark Angels from uh, the Green Wing being basically pointless. Yeah, I, I agree. If you play Dark Angels, you only ever played um, the De Ravenwing or Deathwing anyway. Yeah, he's just basically talking about Greenwing being not interesting anymore. I can understand that completely. Um, guy talking about wolves and yeah, the whole dreadnought thing where you bring a bunch of tech priests and dreadnoughts. Yeah, it could be it could be very viable. 
Uh, hi Steve, love your work mate as long, long time fist player. What are your thoughts on them in ninth edition? I'm toying with a shiny new Gravis old, nice. Uh, Gravis only army led by Torgard and can expect to see bring out the exploding six posters anytime soon. Yeah, so actually that is on, that is high on my list of armies I'm likely to paint next. I'm actually currently painting something. A pure Imperial Fist Gravis army. No, I think Salamanders will do it better. But either way, I want to do a yellow army. Yellow Marines. Um, I think if you were to rank all the Space Marine chapters, they're the worst ones. They're not bad. They're just, they're, they're the worst of the best. Like, they're still very good. Um, I dig them. Uh, I really dig them. So, yeah, I, I think uh, that's it. Yeah, um, Imperial Fists are not the best of the Space Marines, but they're still really good. They're better than most other factions. It is other Space Marine chapters can be a little bit better, but who cares? Who cares? If your style is bolters, fists are now the best. Um, and you get the best color scheme. Okay, that's it for this week's Sit and Talk. Remember, next week is going to be Matthew. Leave a comment on this video, and Matthew will answer that. If you leave your questions addressed to him by Mr. The DM, Games Master Matthew, GM Sir, or you know, anything like that, he'll answer your question. Uh, that, thank you for watching. Happy Wargaming.